Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Level Up, the esports and gaming show with me, Nathan Bliss, esports and gaming writer at Reach PLC. In this week's episode of Level Up, I spoke to Alex, also known as FIFA Analyst, a content creator and streamer whose content has seen massive growth over the past few months, in part due to his in-depth individual FIFA analysis sessions. He told me how he became a content creator, leaving his job as a car salesman to focus on his content and streaming, his FIFA analysis sessions, discuss some of the nasty comments he's received, the future of his channel, his thoughts on FIFA 20, and much more. Enjoy. I'm delighted to be joined by Alex, also known as FIFA Analyst. How are you doing, Alex? I'm doing very well. How are you? Good. Yeah, I'm very good. Thank you. I'm very good. If people don't know you, and they should know you by now, but you're a YouTuber and streamer, and you've had some really, really good success over the last few weeks and months. Where did it all start for you in terms of streaming and being a kind of an online presence? Do you want me to go back to the the very start or where it kind of got serious? Well, um, I've been looking, I've been doing like a bit of a dive on your YouTube channel and the oldest yeah. video I can see on there is November 2017 on your current channel. Uh, so yeah. we, we're talking FIFA 18, but did you do anything before that? I essentially started, I mean, I'm 22 years of age now. I started making YouTube videos back on, it was on Football Manager actually, Football Manager 2012. Um, and I, I very much focused on that. That was obviously when I was back in school and I used to do that, you know, just as a bit of a, a hobby, you know, looked up to a lot of the YouTubers out there. So I started doing that. I then started to delve into a bit of FIFA videos as well. And that got me to a few thousand subscribers. Then the next gen consoles came out and that's when I, I dipped off and stopped making YouTube videos. That was on, a, on an older channel. I then came back on FIFA 18, which is when my mate told me about Foot Champions, which is like, um, you know, a weekend league that you do, like quite a, a com- competitive sort of side of thing on FIFA. And I was like, oh, I quite enjoy FIFA. I'm quite good at it. I'll give that a go. So I started, you know, come back to that. I did my first weekend league, it was terrible. And then I thought, I might as well stream and I might as well, you know, make YouTube videos. So I mainly focused on streaming from November of FIFA 18 up until you know, the next FIFA and then the next FIFA on FIFA 19 was when I, I took the game more serious. Unfortunately, I had to stop uh, for, for kind of personal reasons. I stopped playing FIFA and everything like that. And then I came back on FIFA 20. And when I came back on FIFA 20, that was where I said, right, I'm going to actually commit to uploading a video each day, sticking to a streaming schedule. And that's where I'd say I took it a lot more serious. Back on FIFA 18, it was very much a... I'll just upload a video here and there. I'll just stream as and when I want. While as now, when I came on FIFA 20, it was very much a strict schedule of this is what I'm going to do. So that's kind of where it started for me. But obviously, I've always had that experience of making videos, you know, uploading YouTube, Twitch, all that sort of stuff back from even the, the early football manager days, which was different. I mean, back on then, I started doing FIFA and 
some of like the OGs, like Wee Peeler, I managed to get onto his channel. Unique Riggers used to run like a FIFA community channel and I used to upload on there. So it's not like it's all been in the last year and I've just gone in with no experience. It has been obviously developed over many, many years, let's say. One thing that was really interesting to me, you were you're known as a FIFA analyst now. And quite early on, even in your early videos, there was quite a few videos about analyzing people's games, especially your game as well, going through it in more detail. Is that something that you did before rather than just playing the game and just, you know, being a personality? You had like this this vision of analyzing games that you've been playing as well? Yeah. So when I came on, you know, when I, I I didn't play FIFA from FIFA 13 till FIFA 18. And when I came out on FIFA 18, my mate talked about foot champs. I thought, oh, I'll get it. I'll play it. I thought I would get quite high in foot champions. I thought, oh, I'll get like, I think it was 40, it was 40 games, which I think Elite used to be, was it 30? I think Elite 3 might have been, it was either 27 wins or 32. I can't remember. It was that long ago. And I thought, oh, I'd do quite good. And I ended up getting gold too, which was, for your average FIFA player, about right. But for me, it wasn't where I wanted to be. And that was about, you know, November, December time of FIFA 18. So then I decided, okay, I want to get better. How am I going to get better? I thought I've got to work out what I'm doing right, what I'm doing wrong. So what I'd do is I'd analyze my own games. I th This is how sad I used to be. I used to work a nine to five job. I used to get the train to go to work. So I used to get up at half five in the morning. I'd practice on FIFA for two hours. I'd record those games. Then when I'd get ready for work and get on the train, like the bus and then the train, I'd sit there and watch my games back from that morning, look at the common patterns that I was doing and, you know, trying to think, work out things what I was doing right and doing wrong. Then I'd go to work. I'd obviously I'd work for the day. On the way back on the train, I'd carry on watching the rest of the games or I'd go and look at some of the top level players and see what they were doing right, they were doing wrong. I'd get home in the evening. I'd spend some time with the missus, have some dinner, and then I'd, I'd stream for a little bit, uh, you know, carry on looking at what I was doing, going to some like tournaments in the week, that sort of thing. And that was where it stemmed for me for analysing games. And that took me from a gold two player to elite one on FIFA 18 in the space of about three months. I spoke to a few other people you know spoke to a few other coaches and looked at things myself as well and that was what really like kick-started my you know improvement of FIFA that then translated to me making those videos me doing it on stream and people going can, can you do this for me how, how you know can you look at my game so I, I started looking at other people's game for free started helping them out seeing people improve there and that's kind of where the analyzing you know, mentality came from me, just of that strive for me wanting to do better. And then for me having that success, other people saying, you know, can you do it for me as well? And that's kind of where it's all stemmed from. Looking back at some of your old videos, they're kind of more general in terms of what you'd see from any other FIFA streamer, really. But then when you started to get into the analysis, you can see the page view starting to climb quite dramatically, really. I mean, looking at a particular one here, gameplay analysis that you did eight months ago, the top 100 FIFA player gameplay analysis, that got 17K views. And then how to play like text got 77,000 views. How to go from gold to elite and foot champ, 69,000 views. That's in comparison to a couple of videos ago looking at like 200 300 views so there's a massive jump there you've kind of not stumbled into it like you said because you, you've knew you knew what you were trying to do but you found this gap in the market haven't you really of people wanting to get genuine feedback from their own gameplay 
Yeah, definitely. People want the quickest route to how to get better. And obviously, everyone's got their own sort of time. And YouTube's a great way to do that because the content's free. It's out there. You know, there's there's, there's loads of YouTubers out there that you even make these sort of videos. I think the difference that worked with me quite well, I think, was the, the quality of the content that was put across. It's very in-depth. I've always, before I use the analyst tools that I use now, I basically used to make the videos and what I'd do is I'd screenshot said mistake and then I'd go into Photoshop and I'd use Photoshop to make the rest of the pitch black and white and then I'd put a circle, then a few arrows and I'd do it like that and that was how I would analyse it first. And then as the videos got more traction, I've then had companies come to me and say, do you want to use our you know, like proper, I, I was working with one company for a bit, which was a trial period, um, just because of the software that they have is very expensive, that they actually, it's the it's the analyst tools that the Premier League clubs use, like, champ, you know, people in the Champions League, and they gave that to me for two months, and I used that for a bit. And obviously, the videos have, have progressed since then. So I think, like, having that, the, the those videos have always been out there, but I think the way they've addressed, the way they come across, and, and everything like that, is what's really helped people you know, take a warm into them and see the success from them and, and then put them into their own game. Now, obviously, if everyone watches them, the standard of FIFA does get better because people are watching them and knowing what they're doing wrong. It does then come down to the actual individual as well, though, because a lot of people do watch the videos and they say, yeah, great, thanks, helps me. And then after about a week, they go back into their old habits. So it is something that people do have to kind of keep going over, if that makes sense, to really keep improving the game, in my opinion. You've kind of translated those general videos now into individual sessions and stuff now, don't you? What kind of services do you offer to people? Yeah, so when I first started out, obviously those videos were, I started, you know, uploading in, in November time of, again, you know, FIFA 20. I started out with an analysis service and it was completely free. It would just be, here's a submission form, submit me over some gameplay and it'll feature on a video over the coming weeks. And very quickly, I got to... 30, 40, 50 requests. And I was like, there is absolutely no way I can get, like someone would say, I've been requested now for three weeks. When are you getting at it? And I'm going to say like, because obviously I was still working my full-time job. You know, this was all just a side hobby for me. I said, look, it, it will happen when it happens really. Like I can't really give you a time scale. And then someone came to me and said, okay, well, when would it be done? And I told him, you know, probably probably looking about a month to two months. And he said, okay, well, what about if I paid you? And I said, okay, well, what, what do you think? Uh, and I said, about 10 pounds, 10 pounds for a session and we'll do it that way. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. So we did that. And then it just started to be more people were happy to pay the 10 pounds to get, you know, their session done. So we'd work like that. And the way these sessions worked back then was basically they'd send a game over to me in my own time. I'd sit there and, and analyze it and just give them a video and they'd just watch the video. It would all just be Twitter message, Discord, message you know we wouldn't speak in a conversation like this it would just be a here's a video watch that any questions let me know and they'd do that and then again they'd get more popular more popular so they didn't move them up to 15 pounds they went to 20 pounds i then did 25 pounds uh and now they're at 30 pounds but they're a little bit different now so the way they work now is someone could send over just a game if they want me to just analyze a game from say where they played against a pro player so if it's a, a, a top player up against another top player and they want to know what they did wrong we can look at that or they can play against me and I will highlight their mistakes there and then, and then we will have like practice sessions. So it's not like we play a full game of FIFA where if I notice their skill moves are wrong, we will go and practice those skill moves and tell them how to do them and fix them there. And then the difference is though, which I think has really, really helped people see the improvement and actually enjoy them a lot more is that we now jump in like a call like this where we sit down together uh, and we have a proper conversation, which for some people they absolutely love because it's that quicker aspect of it. We do get 
as FIFA coaches always will, because obviously it is a video game. There's probably someone sitting here listening to this now going, coaching on FIFA, what are you on about? That's stupid, we can't do that. All I ask people is have an open mind with it. If The, the way I see it is that you've got, say, a 40-year-old dad, he's got two kids, he works full-time, he wants to get better at FIFA. It's what he does every now and then on the evenings. That's how he chills out. He doesn't have time to sit there and watch hundreds of hours of my YouTube videos. He can come in, have one session with me, and in that one session, get that information he needs to take his game to the next level. And that's a much quicker way for him to see that improvement habit from there. So if you are listening to it and you do think that doesn't sound right, yes, for, for some people, it's not going to be beneficial. For some people, it will. I just ask people to have a bit of an open mind with it. In my opinion, it's no different than you having a hobby of playing golf on the weekend and going to a golf, you know, going to a golf teacher and getting some kind of tips from them and that sort of thing as well. So it, it is a very interesting conversation to have with people. I know some people don't, don't like it. What do you think of it, Nathan? What do you think of uh, FIFA coaching? I mean, I've interviewed, I mean, on, on this podcast, um, I've interviewed a professional esports coach, Enzo Serre, who was previously with um, Tex uh, and yeah, is now with yeah. MS Dasari. I really see the benefit for that, especially in like an esports sense, in like a general player base, I suppose, a regular player base. I think it's something that hasn't really been touched upon because it's just for like the esports players. So it's definitely an interesting thing. And I think we're going to see more of it because if, if there's professional FIFA players who are getting coaching tips and they're improving. I mean, they're already at the top of their game. So if they can see little improvements and they're already at the top of their game from just another eye on it, the regular FIFA player, there's a lot more potential for them to improve at their level yeah. than there is for a professional esports player. So yeah, I, I definitely think it's something that's worthwhile and we've seen it with Tex. I mean, some of the things we heard from Enzo where he gave him little tips here or there and he became the world number one. So how much of an improvement do you see from the people that you coach what are some of the kind of success stories you've seen there's a lot of different success stories and there's ones that, that touch on me really well um i mean as of yesterday we had one guy uh, he had one session with me uh within one weekend he was hitting basically so for anyone that doesn't know that doesn't know fifa on the weekend friday to monday morning you play 30 games of competitive fifa the best players in the world will hit 30 wins, zero losses, 29 wins, one loss. My best records this year, I've hit quite a lot of 28 and two. So I'm not at the pro level, but I'm that little bit you know, behind. Um, and the best ones that we've had, I mean, we had one yesterday where he was hitting 20, 21 wins and he was trying to get to elite three. Elite three is 23 wins. Gold one is 20. And for the whole of FIFA this year, he's been gold one, gold one, getting 22 wins, 22 wins, 22 wins. Next weekend after the coach session, he got 23 wins. Great, fantastic. The weekend after that, he then went and upped it to 27 wins and three losses, which to go from 20 wins, 10 losses, 21 wins, nine losses, 22 wins, eight losses to 27 and three is a massive improvement. The quickest improvement I've had was a guy that was hitting gold one again all, all year. One session went from gold one to elite one, which is the 27 wins. And that was in one weekend. And now he's hitting that on a regular. But then you also have the opposite end of the scale, to hit to basically play in the weekend league every weekend you have to hit 11 wins to re-qualify if not you have to go and get points from division rivals when you're in the lower divisions it can take you 10 games a day for three weeks to get the points to qualify for it it's, it's a real, real like grind process to do it 
I've had one guy that was hitting three, four wins, so he wasn't getting the re-qualifying, couldn't play in the next one for another month because he had to build up all the points. This was about three, four months into the game. He uh, has coaching sessions with me quite regularly now. And now he, he started to hit 13 wins regularly, so he was re-qualifying. Uh, and then this weekend, he went and hit 20 wins, which is gold one, which gold one is better than your average FIFA player. That's like you are in you know the smaller percentage. So for him to go from four wins to 20 over the space of about, I think it's about a month and a half now, we have a coaching session once every two weeks. That's phenomenal. Like in my that to me, that that's almost as satisfying as the ones that have gone from gold one to elite one, because this is a guy that was getting really annoyed and upset that he couldn't play in the weekend league every weekend because he just, you know, he couldn't hit the 11 wins. So that's really, really like, you know, satisfying to, to see. It's interesting, isn't it? Because we've, we've had this conversation on previous episodes where is it a cross between like if you're really talented, you don't have to practice that much, but then some people have to practice loads, put loads of effort in because they haven't got the kind of natural talent. Do you see that in the people that you coach as well? You see kind of clips where you think he's got a real, he or she's got a real talent for FIFA, but they're just not, they're not using these little tips that can make them better. And on the opposite scale, you see people who you think, mm, there's a lot I can do here because they need to put the work in to really kind to hit the number they want the common sort of one that i'll have is that someone can be really good at the game you know they understand the holding the ball you know general sort of attacking patterns of fifa but the problem is is they have a footballing brain and not a fifa brain i always say this to them disregard real life football and think about FIFA as a, it's not football, it's a different game. And I know that sounds bonkers to say, but to really take someone to that next level, what the top level is, unfortunately, is who can abuse the most mechanics. And you've got people coming to me that are hitting gold one, that are very good at the game, but they're crossing the ball or they're shooting across goal and not going near post. This year, the way you score is near post and you don't cross the ball, you work it into the box, you know, you pay it along the ground, you don't cross the ball for a header because they don't score from them. And you've got people that are hitting these 22 wins. And I'm like, most of your goals are shooting across goal. Most of your goals, you know, you're trying to cross it and then like it doesn't work out that way and you, you know, you ruin a chance and then someone comes with the counters on you and score. And I'm like, if you just stop crossing the ball and if when you get into the box, you shoot near post more, you're hitting 25, 26 wins instead of 22 every weekend without a shadow of a doubt because there's so many times in a game I can go, you've had four opportunities, you've hit it across goal, it's gone wide or the keeper saved it. If you would have just shot at the near post, you score there. And they're like, oh, and it was that simple. You do obviously do get some students that will come to you as well. And, you know, I've got, I can't sit here and say, as it is with any coach, I think if any coach said this, I'd be lying. I can't sit here and say, you are guaranteed to improve by sat here having a coaching session with me. Because as much as the coaching session, I will give you tips and I will give you help and I will help you improve your game. There's only so much I can do. I can't, I can't have that controller for them and play for them. They then need to take the tips that I actually give and put them into practice. What I see a lot of people do is have that coaching session for two or three days after. They're fantastic. Then they start to, I tell people all the time, everything that we do, you get a personal, you know, the video, the, the session that we have is recorded. So I send it over to them so they can watch it back whenever they want, as they please. I tell them then to go and watch it back once a week and keep writing down notes and put those notes in front of you before you play. Because if you are genuinely serious about playing your game, you can't just try and remember in your head what did analysts say to do in this sort of scenario? What tips did he say? What did he say was my common mistakes? They need to have it wrote down, drags the left back out of position. Right six switching in the middle is, you know, off you always end up changing to the wrong player. Um, not prioritizing the near post. Don't use drag back enough. And if you have that written down in front of you, you, you're aware of it and you actually practice with that purpose. If I said to you, Nathan, oh, go and do this now, 
in a week's time, if I said to you, what did I tell you to go and do last week in the podcast? You're going to go, I can't remember. But if you write it down and you see it three or four times over the next week, you're not going to forget that, are you? It's repeating the same thing, isn't it? Getting the kind of muscle memory almost in, in exactly. terms of how you play, yeah. So where do you see this going then? Because it sounds an awful lot like what kind of professional esports coaches do for professional players. Is that is that the kind of level you want to reach? Is that something that you're looking to do in the future possibly? I mean, predominantly I coach, you know, your average sort of Joey and weekendly, but I do also work with a esports team called 564 uh, and we have a pro player called Sarge and I'm his, you know, his one-to-one coach. So we're getting ready for, there's a tournament coming up at the end of the month. He, he lives over in uh, Australia, so he's obviously opposite side of the world. But with him, he's got that coming up. So I do I do work one-to-one with a pro now, you know, with the 564 side of things. We were meant to be going to the Foot Champs Cup 6 together. But unfortunately, obviously, with COVID happening and everything, all the, you know, tournaments at actual events have now been cancelled. So I haven't had to go to that. I haven't gone to that, unfortunately. But yeah, now, now we're getting prepared for that. I mean, in terms of next year and next FIFA, obviously, I'm still with 564 as it stands at the minute. I'm really, really happy with how that's going. I... I've started to come back off coaching now as we're getting you know, near to the end of FIFA. It, it's a difficult one for me and it's something that I'm still thinking about. Am I a content creator or am I trying to be a, you know, like, uh, you know, you said, you was it Enzo you said that you had on? Yeah, Enzo, yeah. Yeah, he is a full-time professional, you know, FIFA coach. That is his job. He doesn't make videos. He doesn't stream. You know, that's him. While as for me, I have months where my coaching, obviously, you know, does help me, you know, pay everything. But would I, uh, is that where I want to go? I I don't think so. Um, You know, like with 564 at the minute, it really suits me because we have that, that element of work with Sarge. Sarge is a good enough player as it is. We've only got one. While as if I was, you know, say if he lived next, you know, he lived in England with me, then it would probably take up a lot more time, let's say. Um, I think I'd, I still class myself as a content creator uh, and a streamer and then a I don't know whether you can class me as a, as a pro coach anyway, because if it, this is one thing that I've had a few discussions with people recently. Someone says, how can you coach when you're not a professional FIFA player? And I've tried to explain that professional FIFA players, the majority of them couldn't actually take a silver player to elite because they don't, they can't, dumb, for them, a lot of their sort of stuff is just natural talent and they just know how the game works, but they can't dumb it down for a guy that doesn't understand that. So I've tried to, you know, think about that and say, um, but yeah, I mean, it's just a side. I, I, I imagine myself to carry on doing what I'm doing now, which is YouTube videos, streaming as a whole, coaching sessions to your your week. I'm kind of more as, let's say, the people's coach, I think is, is where we <laughs> probably, I probably fill into that. I do have pros that I work with. Is it something that I only, do I only want to work with pros and make my, you know, make my earning living off that? I don't think so. I think I enjoy streaming too much. And I think if I got tied down to, lucky enough, 564, you know, allow me to do other coaching sessions with students, but not if a team tried to say, yeah, sorry, you're not allowed to do this. You know, you've just got to work one-to-one on a daily basis with our player. I, I don't think I'd be, I don't think I'd be that interested in that, to be honest. interesting you say as well about how professional FIFA players don't always make good coaches and that's exactly what we see in traditional sports isn't it like football yeah. for example just because you're a good footballer doesn't mean you can be a good coach so there's always that you can say to people as well but I just wanted to mention about the crossover point because there's always a crossover point isn't there with content creators and streamers like yourself what was the crossover point for you to leave your kind of full-time job to then make streaming and content creation your full-time job was it was it a financial thing was it where it was just taking up too much time you thought i need to invest in this what was the kind of crossover point 
if anyone that doesn't know essentially what my job was, was I was a car salesman. So my day-to-day -day back in, you know, when I said I was going to upload every day and stream more, my day-to-day, because -day, I think a lot of people hear me say, I'm now a full-time content creator. And I think I can do that. And I, I really try to stress the how fortunate and how lucky I am to, to be where I'm at as quick as I have. Back in November, when I started doing this, um, I essentially was working. I'd be in work for quarter to nine in the morning and I'd leave at half six. And that would be my day. And, you know, I'd sell cars, obviously, for a living. I'd then get home. I'd see the missus for an hour, sort the dogs out and whatnot, have some dinner. And then from 8 o'clock until 11 o'clock on the night, I would stream. So that was three hours. And I'd do that uh, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday was my day off. So I'd stream kind of in the morning all day. And then I'd do it on the Saturday evening, Saturday and then Sunday evening. And that would be how I'd, I'd stream. And then it comes to, obviously, doing that. I'd do that for till 11 p.m. And then I'd make a YouTube video from 11 p.m. until 2 a.m. in the morning. And then I'd get up at 8 o'clock in the morning. So not really much sleep throughout that time period. And when I started at the start of this year, I was on 2,500 subs on YouTube, 2,000 subs on YouTube, 1,000 followers on Twitch. I was getting 10 viewers a stream, you know, a few hundred views a video. What's made the difference in a way is COVID because when COVID hit, when we went into lockdown in March, I was on 20,000 YouTube subscribers and was averaging about 100 viewers per stream. And obviously streaming is, is about, you know, the, the subs, uh, you know, the donations that people are kind enough to support you on that front as well. YouTube makes you add revenue. Obviously the coaching sessions took off. And I mean, we're now at 70 odd thousand on YouTube. I average at, at the peak of FIFA, I was averaging near enough a thousand views a stream. It's now about 400, 500. But obviously, as people have gone back to work and stuff, and FIFA dies out. Um, the crossover period where I made that decision was in June. My boss called me and said, Come on, then back to work. And I was going to go back to my job as a car salesman. Uh, and I said, What hours are we going back on? And he said, Full time hours. And I was like, Well, hang on a minute. Not many people are going to be buying a car in after COVID. You know, not, not everyone's got a lot of money. And I was making, again, I'm an honest man, and I always tell people this if they ask, I made more money monthly in those few months of me doing this than I had in my ever in my life. And it was kind of a, that would just be stupid to go back. Yes, this is a risk. This isn't a risk-free scenario, of course. You know, it's down to me to, you know, still make that that living, especially with FIFA coming to a bit of a, of a quieter period until the new game comes out. Um, it was a health do i want to go back to work at the minute with covid going on put my health at risk my missus health at risk who has asthma not really she's working from home at the minute um do i want to go back and work 60 hours a week for a job that i don't necessarily enjoy for less money not really is this a once in a lifetime opportunity and would i look back on this in two years and go why didn't i take that because if i lose that attraction that momentum that could see the channel not not die obviously you know it's, it's kind of at that level now where it's always going to have that that you know community around it but it seemed like a i think i'd be stupid not to take it and that was the reason why we took the leap sometimes you just gotta kind of take a chance haven't you and say like this is doing really well i've got to give it a look because like you said if you didn't do it uh you you'd be always wondering what could have been in terms of how big could the channel have been and that so i think the numbers back you back your decision up as well some of the success you've achieved over the last few months definitely kind of prove that you've made the right decision really Definitely. I mean, it, as I said, it wasn't a just go and do it and, you know, it, it's risk-free. Um, 
you know, I did have to really, really think about the decision. I had a lot of late nights, you know, crunching the numbers, seeing how with FIFA dies, what level of viewership and Twitch subscribers do I need to maintain to, you know, to keep paying the bills. You know, again, fortunately enough, me and my missus, you know, we own our own house at a very young age, all that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, it wasn't a just just go and do it, but I, I, it's a decision that I've been really grateful for. Struggling to get used to it, even though nothing's really changed. But now, obviously, because it's my job, decisions have to be made differently um so yeah it's been a little bit weird getting used to that i'd say i'm not shocked by that it's a massive change isn't it going from a full-time job a traditional full-time job should i say to being a full-time streamer it's a completely different lifestyle uh, but one thing i just wanted to touch on as well is people might be listening to this saying all you do is stream fifa all you do is coach people on fifa i mean you it's not a proper day's work or something that's traditional people might say just how much work do you put into this obviously you've got a streaming schedule you upload you YouTube videos still. There must be a lot of work that goes into your your weekly schedule in terms of streaming and, and content creation. Don't get me wrong, in comparison to what other people have to do in their life and everything else, yes, it's easy. Of course it is. Like you got doctors, people in the military, police officers, nurses, every, you know, everything out there. Just your general normal sort of day-to-day job is probably much the most, I don't know, stressful. I don't know, I don't know how to put it. I mean, my job's not a walk in the park, right? What what I used to do was, especially in the motor trade, um, I'd go to work and I wouldn't earn a lot of money because, you know, it's all down to how many cars you sell. The dealership I moved to wasn't selling, I wasn't selling a load there. Obviously making enough to get by, but the managers would speak to you like, I won't say the word, but you know, like you're a piece of on the ground sort of thing. <laughs> um and yeah, so I always try and look back on that. But the thing is, my, I mean, my day-to-day, what I'm struggling with at the minute is finding that schedule and saying, this is my in hours, this is my out of hours, you know, this is where the phone stays away, I don't go into the office, that sort of thing. Um, it In hours that I put in, this is the hardest I've ever worked in my life, is that because a lot of, when I'm at my desk and when I'm in here, I'm not in here just playing FIFA and just chilling. I don't play FIFA when I'm not on stream. When I'm off stream, I'm making a video, I'm doing a podcast, I'm coaching off stream, I'm I'm doing something that is always with a business at the you know the, the front of mind. And that, that's what it is. It is a business at the end of the day. So yeah, it, it, it is a dream. I mean, I think it may be different to these people that are very, very, you know, massive. And when I mean massive, I mean they stream and they have a team around them that makes the YouTube videos for them, that edits them, that does the thumbnails, that does the uploading, does the titles, does the admin, does the accounts. I don't have any of that. The only thing, only assistance I have is that I now, I'm fortunate enough to be able to pay a graphic designer to make my YouTube thumbnails. Everything else is me. So it isn't a walk in the park. It is very difficult. You do have days where things just go wrong, things just break, equipment goes down. Once I made the decision I was going to go full-time, my microphone broke straight away. So I needed to go and fork out on a new mic. Great just timing. a little bit fortunate <laughs> timing, yeah. Um, and, I, I, and I'm open with this as well. And this is something that I always try and encourage people to really think about. We always talk about mental health and how, you know, people need to be more mindful of, of other people and especially online. And it's something that I have suffered with mental health in the past. Uh, I've, I've been ill, I've had epilepsy, that sort of thing. Uh, and I'm sad here and sometimes I stream and some of the stuff that people again with coaching I'm always going to get a lot of hate for what I do and people go yeah you're an online creator you should accept that you should get hate I accept that I will get people that don't agree with me and that's fine you can always have your own opinion but some people say things in a way where I just say you're the type of person that 
in two weeks time when something you know someone takes their own life you're then tweeting on twitter going you know be careful what you say a week later they're there in someone's in stream saying something that quite honestly you might not think at that time it's that bad but i i, I suffer i'm a bit i i ret- the thing is i'm very opinionated and i'm always wanting to try and educate people but listen to their opinions as well and when someone tells you that same thing over and over and over again and you hear it for that 20th time of the day that one time that you then react back, some people in the chat will go, you're not allowed to say it. You're not allowed to tweet back to him, Alice. You know, you're a content creator. Think about that. And I'm like, when you get told something 20 times a day, everyone's got a breaking point. Like, you're not going to just sit there and sit back. And I just invite I just invite people that if you're online and you don't agree with someone or you don't like someone, that's absolutely fine. If you're not giving actual constructive criticism or going about it in the right way, just keep your mouth shut, in my opinion. I mean, I don't know if it's something that you see, Nathan, obviously just with general online comments and whatnot. Obviously, I'm a journalist. I'm in the public eye. You do get the comments and stuff. But, I mean, it's one of them things, isn't it, where people are different and they react differently to the comments. Some people can just think, well, it doesn't affect me and they can kind of switch off. But then some people are different where they can react to the comments because it you know, really takes them to heart. And it's not a right, right way or a wrong way with just different people. But I think that definitely platforms like Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, they could all be doing more in terms of the, yeah. the types of comments that people process, the, the people that can be completely anonymous as well. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. I think we've seen some really positive steps over the last kind of few weeks with people calling people out. We We've seen the kind of racist comments to Wilfred Zaha over the weekend, which was appalling, really. So I think we are getting better in terms of getting the message out there that this isn't right, that people have to have these comments and things. But there's still a lot of work that needs to be done. And I suppose just following up on that, Alex, it might be a bit presumptive, but have you thought, is this the limit for you in terms of the, the work you're putting in now? If you get huge, like a huge YouTuber or a content creator or a streamer, for example, this could kind of take over your life quite easily, couldn't it? It could be a 24-7 thing where, yeah, you might be making loads of money from endorsements and, and different things from YouTube and stuff as well. But do you not want to get to that level? Is this your kind of limit or have you thought about it at all? Um, no, I mean, if, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it with the aspect that it's going to put ourselves right in the future, if that makes sense. I mean, for me to leave a full-time job and then do this, it's got to be there that this is going to set me up for the future, if that makes sense. I'm not saying it's going to set me up for the rest of my life, of course not. But for me to leave a full-time job and then become my own boss and you know have my own sort of company... It's got to be in the interest of myself, my, my missus, uh, and the family that we want to build in the future. So absolutely, if anyone sat here and is, is doing this already as a job, but it's just it's contempt with where they're at, that doesn't make sense to me. My my aims and my goals are to have in the next few years have a team working with me, have people you know on board helping me make videos. You know, my brother's been helping me a lot with stuff, stuff like that. Having having a good team around you that help you run the social media. Because at the end of the day, I'm a uh, you know I'm a face in front of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people. The support that you can have that helps you get into millions of people can go a long way. And it's not for, you know, yeah, I want to make loads of money. Of course, it's not. Yes, obviously, you know, I want my family to be, you know, to be fortunate that if we know we need to do something to the house, the last thing that you want is something breaks in the house and you don't have the money to, to fix it or something. You know, I don't want to be like that. Of course, we want to be, be okay financially. Um, but yeah, if, if you sat here going, 
yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not contempt. No, of course I'm not. Uh, when FIFA 21 comes out, the the effort that goes in will be more. The missus knows that. Uh, I know that. But what I see it as is that, you know, two to three years maybe of hard work now means that after those three years, I might have a team around me that makes predominantly most of the videos for me. I do the the commentary, obviously, because it's me on, you know, on the front. I do that. They edit it all down for me. They upload it. They do the title. They do the tags, all that sort of thing. I see it as that even when I'm replying to YouTube comments, I reply to it with me as a FIFA analyst. But then eventually in the future, I have a team and we have a team FIFA analyst account so that people know when I've responded to their comment and I've liked their comment on YouTube. And then they know when it's the you know a member of the team that has replied back with you know thanks for your comment because i i personally think every youtube comment should get a reply if someone's someone's took the time to watch that video and leave a comment whether it's good or bad they should always get a reply from me saying thank you for watching this video even if it's not me if it's a member of the team that's where i see it going over the next few years the reason why I mentioned the previous question is because I saw your you've kind of launched a second channel, really, haven't you? It's more of a kind of yeah. lifestyle thing. So I was just wondering, you see, obviously you see YouTubers, don't you, where their whole life is on YouTube and it's constant and like you get the people that show their family, show that like if they're having a baby, for example, they document the whole thing and their kind of whole life's on YouTube. And I mean, it looks great. Obviously, you get the financial rewards from that as well. These people with millions of subscribers, but you've got to obviously balance that with the privacy element as well. How much privacy do you want? How much free time do you want? So that that's the reason why I asked really in that question. Um, is that something that you you would never do? Or is this the kind of limit that you're at? in terms of just having a streaming schedule and that's it? Or are you open to that in the future? The behind the scenes of me will start to come out on videos in the future. The, the I've got two Siberian Huskies. People absolutely love them. They'll start to make more appearances uh, on like the second channel with videos and stuff, like when I'm doing my running and that. Um, the misses is one thing that we've agreed when I said that I was going to do this full time, obviously, because she realized that, you know, it was kind of getting to that point now where at some point we're probably going to be out and about and someone will go, hey, look, you know, it's fee for analyst. Um, we have said and we have agreed because of the line of work that she's in. Um, she's an assistant psychologist. She can't have her face on on videos on stream just because it, you don't know what could happen with a future employer. You know, with with the line of work that she's in, it's just something that isn't it isn't right. So we've made that decision that she will never appear on there. She, she's actually quite not upset, but you know, she did say, "Oh, I'd like to come on and do like you know, people do like these girlfriend open packs, or you know, play my girl, teach my girlfriend how to play FIFA." Like we said, it'd be really cool if I could teach her how to play FIFA and have a really good finish on weekend league. Like that'd be that'd be a really good video. Um, but yeah, that's something that we said that we're not doing. So it's not like everything will be documented, but at the same time, one thing that I think has really helped me grow and, and people can relate relate in a sense that I was I was a normal working guy that's worked hard and fortunate enough managed to make it into you know his full-time gig but also they know about like the story about my granddad that that's the reason why i stopped playing fifa 19 because you know me and my missus made the decision to to move out of the apartment we were in to go and live with him because we didn't know at the time but he was he has out he had alzheimer's and dementia and it was quite poorly but we didn't know that at the time so we i was his full-time carer while working my full-time job um, and that's what we did. And that's why I stopped playing FIFA 19. That's why I stopped uploading videos. That's why I stopped streaming. And then unfortunately did pass away uh, this year. But when we eventually put him into a care home, because that was the right decision for him, I made the decision to come back to FIFA because 
it, it's all obviously it's not all driven by him but when I was I stopped playing FIFA for him to take care for him now that he he had that right care in the care home it almost seemed right to go he would be if he knew if he had his mind if he had his mind and knew he'd be disappointed to know that I gave up something that I was really passionate about to look after him so I came back with that mentality of I want to try and make him proud if that makes sense uh, and that's kind of where it's all kind of stemmed from um, so yeah that's kind of that's kind of how it's gone but that's that's why I think people have really enjoyed the streams the YouTube videos and, and me as a whole because some YouTubers some streamers it's like a blank canvas you know this is what they do but you don't know anything behind them you know you don't actually know what's going on in their personal life you don't know who the missus is you know you don't you don't know what, what they do, what their family's like. I've spoke about troubles in my life, you know, hard times that I've gone through. I spoke about positive times. And I think that in itself, just, I'm an open person. I'm always happy to have a discussion with anyone about anything. And I think that as, as a content creator, you've got to be able to do that in my personal opinion. You being honest and being relatable as something that's been like a major success for you. It's 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 made your channel grow because it's just what people want, isn't it? People being honest and relatable. Just it sounds so simple, but not a lot of people do that in in your line of work, like you mentioned. Yeah, some people and everyone's their own, and some people will do that because they don't want that. They don't want ammunition thrown at them. I've started uploading like a running video. I'm not in the condition. I, I ran a marathon last year for my granddad. I'm not in that condition anymore. I'm quite happy. Again, I, I say about the trolls and whatnot, and I'm always going to get trolls. I appreciate that. That's why I try and educate as well and just say, look, mate, just have a think about what you say because, yes, sometimes it does hurt me, and I do have days where I'm a bit like down in the dumps and think, what's the point? I'd never get to the point you know, where obviously some other people do, but it does have an effect on everyone's day-to-day -day life. So some people don't put all that out there because they don't want more comments about what their missus looks like, uh, you know, their family. I had someone, my dog had to go to the vet the other day, so I put my other dog in the stream room with me because he was crying, because he was missing his missing his sister, and I put a dog cam on. Someone called my dog ugly, and I lost my... I was like, mate, no, 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 no. You could say what you want about me, but that dog's done nothing to you. Some the final straw. The final yeah, that's straw. the final yeah, straw, yeah. that is, mate. You can't yeah. do that. Uh, some, some, people, some people are like that, and obviously... And that's fine. That's up to them. I just think we're moving into a day and age now where people people want to be able to relate people want to go analyst at tough times he, he was a car salesman epilepsy came along knocked him out of his job made things quite difficult analyst looked after his granddad and it's you know not that i use that in any way but when someone asks me about stuff i'm just i just go into it because at the end of the day if i'm just only talking about fifa 24 7 i'm just repeating myself over and over and over again if someone wants to have a conversation about what went on you know two weeks ago in the news or something, as long as it's not like political and gets into a massive, you know, argument, I'm happy to discuss stuff and, and, and have that discussion because that's the best thing about being a human is having conversations with people, hear, hearing your stories, hearing what you've gone through, hearing, you know, your jokes and that. And that that's what we want. And I think that's why when I had a customer, I enjoyed selling cars because I'd talk more about something else rather than actually the car because that's how, to me, you build a relationship. Like you, me and you immediately feel a little bit, never spoken to you before. Me and you already feel a little bit closer. You know a little bit about me. I know a little about you, obviously talking, you know, before the podcast started on, you know, where you live and who you support and all that sort of thing. We now have that little bit more of that relationship. And that's what I try to create with every single person that comes into, comes into our stream and comes into our community for them to be able to go, I like that guy. I'm going to come back and we build up that that relationship. And that's how I approach my online world, let's say.
<laughs> Thank you for being so honest as well during the podcast. Uh, I really appreciate that because, I mean, it's 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 easy, isn't it? Like you said, to kind of not reveal the, some of the stuff that you've gone through and what's kind of made you want to start streaming. So I really appreciate you sharing um, all of that stuff as well, and I'm sure our listeners will uh, because it's it's great to hear your story as well. Um, before we end, uh, I just wanted to get your views on FIFA 20 as a game. What do you think about it? <laughs> some people think i have to be careful what i say here because you know ea uh, technically you know they're the ones that help me pay my bills and yes they do but the game's absolutely dreadful the the game in itself this year they're absolutely killing the content at the minute they're, they're fantastic with you know the new cards that they're releasing and the and this and that and the objectives that you can do and they're making it really enjoyable it's kind of too late. The game this year hasn't really had much to do on it. It's been a little bit of a little bit of a stinker. The gameplay, to me, I'm, I'm more of a gameplay guy. I don't really care about the content and what they put in the menus and stuff. I just want to be able to log on to FIFA and play an attacking game of football and have fun. If I lose 6-5, I lose 6-5. I'm being, I've been playing, we said this before the podcast, I've been playing a lot of F1 recently, right? I watch the Formula 1 races as and when I can. If I don't watch them live, I'll watch the highlights back. It's a sport that I started watching about two or three years ago just as something to do, to be honest, something to look forward to as well as football. I saw this F1 game come out and a few members in the stream said, oh, have you got it? And I said, no, nah. I said, I don't really, I don't really play the games. And I've picked it up and I'm addicted to it because it's that constant strive of wanting to do better. This FIFA this year, if I lose 1-0 against someone that's played defensive where they've averaged 60% possession, I'm trying to press, you know, they drop back, AI, whatever, and it's really boring and really defensive, I don't feel any sense of need to try and improve there because the game's just so boring. When I hit a corner on F1 and I go miles off the track because I forgot to break because I forgot the track or something, or I take a corner really well and I overtake someone, that thrill and that thrive is there. If I lock, If I go into a game... And someone's genuinely better than me and just destroys me. I'm like, right, back to the training board. How do I get better? This game this year, I know that if I focus in properly, almost anyone in the world, I can give them a game of FIFA, as most people that are elite one and above can, because it is very much a... Uh, there's not much of a skill gap to be honest which makes it hard to sit there and play each day because the difference between the difference between me and Tex is levels above right for consistency if me and Tex play 100 times Tex destroying me pretty much most it, well like 95 out of well, 95 of 100 is destroying me but if I go in and play another pro player that's not at the level of text. Let's say if it's someone that makes events but doesn't finish in the top eight, you know, there might be 64th or something like that. Me and him can play 100 times and it, it can be 50-50 because there's not enough of a skill gap. And, and that's where... Tex will lose to a gold two player every now and then in weekend league. That should never happen, in my opinion, on FIFA. Real life, it's completely different. Man City will lose to West Brom every now and then, like, you know, once in a blue moon. But on FIFA... When someone's actually been the better player and his R9 hits the post in a scenario where next game he puts it into the back of the net, that's where we need more consistency. Uh, so I really hope next year it's more fun. It's interesting you mentioned the Formula 1 game. We've had a, a rather on the pod uh, previously content creator, F1 content creator, and we mentioned about the skill gap and how that game is massively different to FIFA because if you, for example, if you learn a track, you've got a consistency because you know if you go into that corner too quick, you're going to go off or you're going to lose a line. On FIFA, you can do the exact same action five times and you could get five different results. Yeah. So do you think it's that consistency in the gameplay that, that is missing? It's exactly that. And it's the fact that the servers, you can log on at 1pm, 4pm, 7pm, 10pm, and you can get a different game each time. 
where you press the, a pass button and it takes half a second to do it. You can press the pass button and it does it straight away, but then the game just feels slow. Like it's almost like they've slowed down the tempo like even more. And then you can log on at 10 p.m. and it can be like ping pong and it's like a completely different version of FIFA. So you don't have consistency there. And yes, there is RNG in the game. I've started to change my opinion on RNG a little bit recently. If R9 gets in onto a position and he's one-on-one -on -one and he's not got any pressure, if he's not got a defender right on his shoulder, he should be hitting the target every time. Regardless of whether the keeper saves it or not, he should be hitting the target. If R9 has a team in a season Van Dijk on his shoulder, I can understand him missing that at times. But the problem is, is EA don't actually give us the information we need to understand why did he miss that? What did we do as a player to make that wrong? It's kind of like going into a Formula One corner, you know, going into a going into a corner on Formula One, and where you hit that breaking zone and where you hit everything, it's then like it's saying, oh, the wind came in too, you know, the wind was different in that little bit of the scenario that caused you to overshoot that corner. And it's it, it, that wouldn't make sense because it's like, well, you know, you're going to be on the same every single time. And it's not like you're just going to get one massive gust of wind that's going to throw you out massively. As a, as a general rule, take that with a pinch of salt, how I've said that and explained that. But that's the problem. We don't have that consistency. And also, each game, I can watch a competitive game of FIFA and I can fall asleep because what it is, is they play a ball down the line from the right back to the right attacking mid. Can they get into the byline to look for a swept back across goal? No. Then they come back into the middle. Can they find that camel, the striker, for a pass into the box to then do a fake shot, an elastico, a scoop turn, a McGeady spin, to then hit it at the near post? If they can't find that pass, they'll go out to the left-hand side and they'll rinse and repeat that process until the defender makes a bit of a mistake or they lose the ball and that's it. Well, it's Formula 1. You can race the same track over and over and over again. You will never come into the same scenario because you've got a different driver who's going to be going into that corner differently to the one that you raced last game so it's it gives you so much more diversity and honestly it's been of of this that that game has made me realize and remember what multiplayer gaming is all about and i've had so much fun over the last few days it's been great is it a real warning shot for EA Sports, the fact that so many content creators like yourself, uh, we've seen so many of their big content creators play other games because they're, they're not enjoying FIFA anymore. It's supposed to be their biggest promo of the year and you get some of their biggest content creators playing different games. Yeah, that was when other people were, were yeah were, were playing different games at that kind of period. I remember that on Team of the Season. They've come back with the Summer Heat promo and done really, really well on it. But like me now, I was really in, intrigued by it at the start and was like, oh, I'll get this player, do this SBC, do this objective, and it's been great. But then I still log on each weekend and I have to fight and, and people might listen here and go, well, it's your internet. It, it's not. You know, people have the best internet you can ever have. I can log on to COD and have perfect connection. I can log on to FIFA and it'd be terrible. If they gave us the content they've been giving us, but gave me the same consistent gameplay and a bit more of an attacking game of FIFA, I'd probably never come off FIFA. I'd only play FIFA because I love football. But that's the problem. When you give us bad gameplay, regardless of what, players on game you give us to go and you know pick up to do an objective or get an SBC or something when we log on and they don't feel any different because they can't turn because the gameplay is really slow and delayed you'd rather just log on and play something else I don't think they care to be honest because they're obviously making their money with FIFA points which I'm, I'm very much against um that that needs to change, but they're not they're not going to care until until the the money stops dropping and it, it isn't going to drop is it let's be honest so I don't get my hopes up if I'm honest with you 
FIFA 20 was the most popular ever in the FIFA franchise. So it's one of them things, isn't it? And obviously with the next-gen consoles coming out, you've got FIFA 21 coming in in early October. Um, that's been confirmed at EA Play a couple of weeks ago. There's high hopes, I think, but every year there's high hopes, isn't there, in terms of the, the next FIFA. We have spoke to a few people um, in a couple of different industries on the podcast and hopefully EA Sports listens to some of the feedback from the pro players, from content creators like yourself and make those changes uh, for the eSport itself because the potential of FIFA eSports is huge. I mean, football is a huge sport as it is worldwide and the, the FIFA eSports scene could be, obviously it's massive in comparison to other things, but it could be so much bigger than it is and it's not because of the quality of the gameplay um, at events and stuff. So hopefully we'll see those improvements because it will improve e- the eSport as well. I wish I could sit down with someone at EA uh, and really tell them my my opinions on everything and how they can make it so much bigger than it is. Because my opinion is they make as much money as they do now. Can you imagine if they gave us a better game, how much more money they'd make? And surely that should be at the forefront of their mind. I don't sit here in my role and go, I'm contempt with what I'm making. I'm always thinking... That's a good idea. I sleep on it for a few days and then go, actually, no, I don't, that's not really a good idea. That, that, that's not what I want for our community. I go, that's a good idea. It's great for the community. Brings in a little bit more revenue to pay the bills. Great, let's do it. For them, it's almost like they just go, yeah, we've made what we want. Doesn't matter now, then just keep it there. And surely the top guys should be going, well, hang on a minute. What could we do to double it, triple it? Like, Isn't that the mindset of any businessman, in my opinion? But I've clearly, clearly not. <laughs> well, EA, if you're listening, Alex, FIFA analyst on Twitter, hit him up, drop him a DM. Just <laughs> 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 some his feedback. But uh, yeah, I just want to say, Alex, it's been amazing hearing your story, hearing some of the things you've gone through, uh, hearing the kind of transition from being a car salesman to a streamer. I think it's it's something that's fascinating and uh, it's been fascinating to me. Hopefully you guys listening will f- find it just as fascinating as I have. Um, it's been a real pleasure having you on. For people who, who are not familiar with you, um, where can they find you? Where can they kind of uh, get get your kind of individual coach and stuff like that, where can they find you? So you can find me uh, at Twitter, which is at the FIFA analyst. If you just type FIFA analyst into YouTube, you'll find me on there. Twitch is twitch.tv forward slash FIFA analyst. We do stream six days a week and we do upload every single day. Uh, just drop me a tweet on Twitter. Just say hello. Uh, nice to meet you. Say where, where you've come from. Say you've come from the pod. And uh, yeah, uh, and then coaching wise and all that sort of stuff. Uh, I have a pinned tweet on Twitter that normally has it all on there with all the details that you need. Thanks, Alex. And thanks again for coming on. Thank you very much for having me on. Been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Level Up podcast and esports and gaming show. Make sure you've subscribed to the podcast and follow us on social media at Level Up Pod. We'll be back for another episode very soon.